Welcome back to Clear the Air is Simply Stogie's podcast after show. I am your host, the one who gets this posse of mad clowns together. You can call me Tim. And as always, who do we have on the show? Uh, you know him as the voice of Simply Stogie's podcast, an out-of-business cigar reviewer as of lately, and the man that grows a ton of a ton of grass but has almost zero farm to grow it on. That's James. James, how are you doing? What's new? What are you smoking? Jesus Christ. I, I have no idea what the hell you just said, and I really wish you would take it all back because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, I, I'm I'm great. Glad to be here, Tim. Thanks for uh, hosting the after show so that I don't have to do any work whatsoever except sit here, smoke a cigar, and make fun of you. And Yeah, that's exactly why I want you here. What are you smoking? Uh, thanks for asking, Tim. I'm smoking. Uh, I'll, I'll show it to the camera here. Uh, West Tampa Tobacco Attic Series. Uh, and I dig it. I dig it a lot. Uh, Rick Rodriguez did a great job with the Attic Series. I actually like the Attic Series more than I like the West Tampa uh, Black or the West Tampa White, which I love both of them. Hmm. But this is the perfect for me. This is a great after dinner cigar. Uh, it's full flavor, full body. It's got complexities and nuances, coffee, leather, spice. Uh, it's just a really good cigar because I'm a reviewer and I don't want to go out of business. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I almost fell asleep there. Um, <laughs> uh, and of course, the newest team member and host of Simply Stogie's podcast, you'll start to realize that he has more contacts with more characters than Marvel has superheroes and villains. <laughs> That's going to be Nick. Nick, what is new? What are you smoking? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> like James, I like doing this show because not not that I do much for the other one, but at least this one, I just feel like <laughs> I'm just, you know, chilling out, smoking a cigar, which is what I do pretty much every evening. And I get to do it with you guys and talk cigars. What am I smoking all day? I've been testing blends for my newest releases. But right at this moment, I am smoking a cigar called the Vice Versa. By Fratello. It's a very interesting cigar because my my buddy who gives me every damn cigar known to man, because he makes it his mission to make sure I smoke every cigar that's out there. Um, I started talking about this idea. It's been done a few times through the throughout the years. I think it's cool when you have these long cigars, you cut them in the middle, kind of like the um the Toscano. I think they kind of have the 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 market with that because they have this Toscano cigar that's flared in the middle. You cut it in the middle and you have two cigars. So I said, wow, that's cool if they did a regular cigar like that. And uh, of course, when I started to research it, there are plenty of them throughout the years that have done it. The newest one is by Fratello and Omar made the cigar and it's pretty ingenious where he's got the band in the middle and on each end, on the one end, he's got a Maduro cap on a looks like a habano type wrapper on the other side it's a little connecticut now i screwed up because i took the band off before the directions were which one was which so <laughs> when i cut the connecticut wrap i thought that the cap i thought that was going to be the connecticut because i wanted to start with the mild part of the cigar didn't doesn't work that way it's the the exact opposite so the connecticut tipped was much stronger. So I had the strong part first. I actually cut it in half and made two small little robustos out of it, or you can smoke it through. So it starts off 
it's kind of cool because it starts off uh, whichever way you want it and then ends up the other way. So interesting cigar. And I'm finishing up with it right now. Is, is that a, is that like a trap? Is that, is that what's supposed to happen behind the scenes? Like they mix the caps, you cut it, take the band off. Now you don't know which one's which. No, I think realistically the, the band in the middle, which was a very thick band. And it actually says on one side, mild and the other side, full and the middle says vice versa it probably tells you which way to do it but like i said i took the band off first so then i was left to my own imagination and knowing my luck 50 50 i always pick wrong and uh i picked the other half <laughs> just out of curiosity because i don't think that i've ever asked and i don't know if you've if i've heard you say but how many cigars on average do you smoke in a day uh, I like to continue having health insurance, so maybe I shouldn't answer that. <laughs> I wouldn't answer uh, that. No, the answer one. It's the a answer trap. is one. One it's really long one. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, enough. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tim, why did he get a nice, clean introduction, and mine was full of why? Wait, wait. Shit okay. That made why no is, sense. What What are you talking about? Why, like, why did your introduction nice. not This was nice. Make sense. He knows more characters than a like Marvel's got villains. Like that's a great <laughs> I intro. Like that. I yeah. like that line. That's pretty well, good. Thank considering you. Thank I am you. a Marvel fan. Yeah, yes. and mine's like he's got grass, but not enough farm. I don't know. I'm making shit up as I go. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> I was trying Jesus. to. I was trying Whatever. to like uh, relate hey, to listen, uh, a comment it, it that was on think. the episode. James, I, it made me think. I'm like, is this guy a big uh, pot smoker? Does he have his own right, grow? Right. His his like, grow right. uh, fields in his backyard. What's going on <laughs> there? The I fuck? really. I don't grow grass. No. I don't smoke grass. I don't. What the fuck is wrong well, with okay. you? Sometimes, sometimes grass grass I anymore. think maybe you do smoke grass. So I mean, <laughs> let, let's just be clear. Yeah, I tried. Okay. I tried to make some jokes. If it didn't work, that's fine. I understand. Do they still it's, call it grass? I'm, I thought that went out in the seventies. I don't know. <laughs> I, I look the reefer I've end. Been, <laughs> I've been told to stop calling cigars fire. Uh, like if it's good, like I'll be like, hey, the cigar's fire. Right. I've been told because to stop you're not, doing that because I'm not. So I don't know. I don't know what the kids call weed anymore. I really don't. They're probably just like, hey, can we just go down to the fucking dispensary? And get you know, there, there's a right. phrase that I don't icky. know if I should call. Have you ever heard? I make the mistake of calling cigars sticks sometimes. Yeah, I do. Okay. Too. And, and in keeping up with the theme of the last episode that we did of Simply Stogies, if you could take away one word from that whole episode of dr oscar uh would be the word respect you know respect the cigar yeah and i think it was manny uh, manny casada who said one day he does not like when a cigar is referred to as a stick because it's disrespectful to me it was just another uh, you know adverb to describe uh the actual cigar yeah. um but you know I, I mean no disrespect when i say sticks but if there was another word that I could use interchangeably, I would, but that's the one that comes to mind sometimes. So I do call them. Yeah, and I don't, yeah. you know, and, and I understand that. And I think some of the old guard might have a problem with it being called, you know, sticks or whatever. But that's for me. I'm still kind of a newer cigar smoker. Like what five years, six years. It's 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 in the lexicon. It's in it's in the hobby. People call it that not, all the time. Not they only they don't do it but, out of disrespect. They do it because that's just what. People yeah, call them. sticks is almost like slang in the cigar yeah. world to me. I mean, you know, buddy come up, hey, can I purchase a couple sticks off you? Yeah, sure, whatever. Just come on yeah, over and grab what you want. I never thought of it as a negative term, but it was pointed out to me 
that it could have negative connotations. But I can tell you that I know just in New Jersey alone, three different cigar shops that are named Sticks. One is pronounced, one is spelled S-T-I-X. Another one is S-T-I-C-K-S. So they use the term. And obviously, if they're calling their shop sticks, they, you know, it's definitely in the lexicon of cigar words. Yep. But you don't have another word that you could replace sticks with. Not no, cigars are sticks. Like, that's is the there problem. another slang? That's the problem. We got to come no, up with a new one. Well, that's why I asked because I'm sitting here trying to think. No, what else no, do you call it? stop. Don't think. Stop. Mm, Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Everything's starting to melt. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, do it. But, Don't I mean, do it. You're right, though, Nick. I mean, respect was a pretty powerful word, especially when Oscar was talking about respecting the cigar and respecting all the hands that go into making this cigar, you know, and, and it, it, I was just blown away by how that came across. And then that brought up how he like there should be T-shirts made. Like for all the things that he said, all the funny slogans, I feel like if there's not T-shirts being made, that's that's just a lost opportunity right there. I, I got to say something in the beginning of the show, because not only has <laughs> the feedback been overwhelmingly, most people had never heard of Oscar. A lot of people call, hey, who is this guy? How is this cigars? And I've, you know, I'm unfortunately, you know, I guess I haven't done a great job of promoting him over the years. I've been friends with him, like I said, for almost a decade. And he is one of my funnest guy to talk to in the cigar biz. And and the show will, will show that. When I started the show, I, I made a little funny what I was hope was a funny. And I know Oscar took it as a funny when I said, uh, speaking of shit sticks. Yeah, and, that caught me way off guard. I was like, and, hey. and, and you know. I just, you know, I forgot I was on the show. I just thought it was me and Oscar, and that's the way we banter back and forth. And I know he would not take offense to it. Uh, but then I thought about it afterwards. A lot of people were like, oh, shit, you know, when I when I said it. And I was like, you know what? That may not be a good thing, because if other manufacturers are listening, they're thinking, who is this asshole calling some other manufacturers <laughs> cigars shit sticks? And I want to clear the air here at the Clear the Air show. <laughs> well played. That um, that is definitely was done totally in jest and maybe it was not a good joke, but, uh, I know Oscar got it. And, um, you know, I mean, no disrespect to Oscar's cigars or anybody's cigars. I also believe highly in respect and I do respect cigars of all kinds. Nothing's well, a shit stick. He flipped it back to you later on in the show. Yeah, number one. Yeah. yeah, we do. yeah. So I, I we do that. It, That's okay. And That's if you watch like, it on YouTube or Rumble, like you can, you right. know, you can see your facial reaction, like what your expression when you're saying it, you know, right. you could see his reaction to it. Uh, so it's a little bit different, I guess, if you're watching it, if you're just hearing it and you're like, oh shit, did he just do that? Like, <laughs> but it was all in fun. And obviously like if somebody took that, I could see how they can maybe take that out of context, but like, it's all in fun. The, the two of you are such great friends and that showed in the interview. Um, you know, sometimes I steamroll over you, right. Nick, and I feel right. bad. But but this episode, I thought you because you know him and you have that rapport and you were you were able to ask some really salient questions that got him to I, I don't want to say open up because he was very open. Oh, yeah, he opened no. up. I don't think I don't think uh, you needed me there to do that. He <laughs> yeah, he's no. very good on his own. But I felt that because I knew the man so well and you didn't have much background on him that it was 
probably better that I kind of take a little bit more of the reins on that particular episode. That's all. Yeah, no. And I thought it was, I thought you did a great job. And so your relationship with him uh, and what you know about him, what he knows about you, that certainly came through his passion for the industry and, 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 and the leaf came through. But that, that that being said, I know this is Tim's show, and Tim's got questions he wants to ask him. At no, this actually, you know what? I'll be honest with you. That show was just so down to earth and so personable and so fun to listen to. I really kind of want to do the same thing here and just kind of banter back and forth and just cover a little bit of everything. Don't 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 jizz on my cupcake and call it frosting. It's um, frosting. It's not. Um, let me let me. <laughs> Because I, I want to get this out of the road. Because when I told him there was a part of the show there's a, there's a, where I told him I wasn't trying to be combative and I wasn't trying to be contrarian. Uh, but I wanted his, his honest opinion on it. Like, he went after people on this show without really going after them. Like, he didn't he didn't name names. And that's fine. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need <laughs> them to name names. I don't want them to name names. I think everybody knows who he was talking about. But my issue... And where I vehemently disagree with him on is like, he's a government guy. I am not a government guy. I am the opposite of a government guy. I am a, and I don't really care for the government guy. I'm probably on several lists because I don't really care for the government that much. <laughs> and his, his think like, I agree with him. If you're smoking a, uh, an acid or an upsetter or a swisher sweet or whatever flavored bullshit c- cigar you have, like, that's not a real cigar. You're not a real cigar smoker. Shut the fuck up. At the same time, I don't think that it is the government's job to tell us what we can and can't put in our bodies. Period. In Fair. discussion. I, I, I didn't have a chance because he really did roll with it and I didn't want to interrupt him. But I wanted to add my two cents to that, too. Uh, I'm personally... I'm not a fused cigar smoker. I don't like f- those flavored type cigars. I am against it because for me also, it goes against what the cigar represents. Having said that, I kind of had a real awakening moment when when I went to Nicaragua on one of my very, very early trips before I even was blending cigars. I was in the business, but not blending. And they gave us a choice of going to like, I think it was on one of these festivals. It was like four or five different factories and you didn't get to pick them. They picked them. And the one that I got stuck with, so to speak, was Drew Estates. And I rolled my eyes and I go, oh God, I don't want to go to Drew Estates factory. This, oh, this, I was so aggravated that I was going to, in my opinion, waste time going to the Drew Estates factory. And I have to tell you, it was one of the best experiences that I've ever had going to any factory. I learned a lot being in that factory. I took away a lot. Nick Belillo was such a young guy and he was running the factory floor at the time. And the stuff that they were doing in that factory, which I've taken back to my own factory, was so innovative. The way that they did things, it was like, I was blown away. I mean, they actually charted the workers time, you know, like, you know, basically, uh, the you know, the quality control. They could tell you that, on Monday mornings between the hours of nine and 10, the production quality is lower. And on Fridays leaving, they add it down to a science and they charted it and plotted it out. And I said, wow, that's pretty damn cool. And the other thing to say about the, the Drew Estate thing is as much as I'm not a fan of acid and a lot of people try to get me to smoke, of course, I tried it just to say I tried it. Um, 
I will say this. There is a big influx of cigar smokers that have entered our mists, our group of uh, like-minded people, as we like to say, by starting with an acid or a flavored cigar. And even though in cigar shops, when I work the humidors for, for, for retailers, I always try to veer people towards a mild cigar and start them on their path in the journey of cigar smoking away from flavored cigars. There are certain people that started with flavored cigars, stay with flavored cigars, but eventually most of these people grow up. If there's another word, uh, you know, a better word maybe, but they decide, okay, let's try a real cigar, so to speak. Um, my idea of infused and flavored takes away. I always like to say, if you're going to infuse something or flavor a cigar, then why does the tobacco matter at all? You might as well be smoking any type of leaf because you're really not getting any of the nuances or anything out of the leaf. It's all the flavoring that comes through. I could be wrong. I could be debated about that, but that's my personal opinion. But having brought in a lot of these early 20-somethings that start you know, with cigars, with the flavored uh, variety, and then eventually graduate and become real cigar smokers, you got to give Drew Estates credit that they have brought a lot of new blood into the business or into the industry because of acid. That's their moneymaker. They're the first to admit it. When you go through their tour, one of the famous lines that Pedro used to always tell is, you smell that, guys? And they're like, what? The flavoring? You know, the No, that's the smell of money. And he makes no bones and either does the factory. That's where their money comes from, is from flavored cigars, acid being their biggest seller. So, you know, it may not be for you, but I try not to be so knock it like Oscar was because, you know, that's his opinion and mine has changed and maybe his will and everybody's opinion changes over time. So enough for my little. My yeah, no, I, I think if your opinion doesn't change, you're not open minded. Right. If through you, if through your life, your opinion doesn't change, you're not, uh, you're not open to new ideas and, and, uh, forward thinking. You just want things to stay the same. And the more we try to make things stay the same, the more they change. But the problem that I have, cause I agree with everything you said. I don't, I don't think they should go away. And if they do ever go away, it shouldn't be because of government. And I know, Nick, you're in a unique position. You probably don't want to talk about government because of uh, the business that you're in. I'm not in that business. And so I could say, I could say it. the government needs to stay out of my humidor. They need to stay out of my house. They need to stay out of my bedroom. They need, I, we don't talk politics here. But when you start talking about flavored cigars, inevitably the FDA comes in. And the FDA, you know, having a conversation with somebody today, it, you know, they're like, well, don't you want to know What's in, in the cigar it, tobacco. Well, what about infused cigars? Yeah. I don't smoke infused cigars. So I don't care. Number right. one, number, number two, you know, it doesn't matter to me. It, it's an informed decision. Look, I, even Dr. Uh, Oscar Rodriguez said, you know, cigar smoking, maybe not the healthiest thing, but it's good for your mind. It's good to relieve stress. It's a great stress reliever and stress is the number one killer in the U S. So it relieves that stress. Uh, and so on, on some level, cigars are good for you. And I, I don't feel like, I feel like you, look, it's just like going to McDonald's. Do you want to know what's in the, in the hamburger, Tim? <laughs> no, I no. have literally, <laughs> I've seen bags of McDonald's sitting underneath a desk for three weeks 
because somebody left it there. I open it up and it looks <laughs> just as good as it did the day it got there. Right. I don't want to know what's in that meat. If Nobody you can call wants it to meat. Know. And, and that's the thing. And, and Dr. Rodriguez hit the nail on the head. This is an organic product. It is from the ground. There are no preservatives. Would they, they work their ass off to get all of the ammonia out. It is, it's a pure product. It's not. And even James, with the, let me, let me take a step back. Go ahead. I agree that tobacco premium cigars anyway, should absolutely not be regulated whatsoever or should even be under the auspices of the FDA. Yep. They lumped us in because there's just not enough of us out there, meaning smokers and the amount of cigars that are being sold. Their main purpose is to try to protect the general public. Originally, I believe the whole thing started because of, of um, vape and the chemicals that are being put in there from China and wherever else and the formaldehyde and all that stuff. And they're trying, okay, you could say as a government agency, their government tries to protect us from everything out there, you know, from, listen, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as seatbelts. Now everybody wears seatbelts. Has it saved lives? Yes. Okay. Good, bad, or indifferent. It has saved lives. Do you want to wear a seatbelt? You, you should wear a seatbelt, but do you have to be enforced? Does it have to be ticketed? Well, that's another argument, but they lumped us in with the vape. They lumped us in with the flavored cigars. And my whole thing from the first day I heard about it, I was like, how are you going to regulate a product that is totally organic? That changes not only from cigar to cigar, from from harvest to harvest. It, it just makes no sense. And, you know, Oscar, he was literally the only guy that is a licensed, currently licensed physician. Meaning like he's literally like MD. the other the other two <laughs> yeah. or three guys that have the title of doctor that represented, you know, uh, in Washington, try to make statements against, uh, you know, in 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 in, uh, in favor of the uh, tobacco industry. The only guy that really had a license, a current license was Oscar. So really the only guy could get sued for saying what he, what he's saying, you know, in that area is Oscar. So he's taken out a lot on his back and shoulders that I don't know if it's the greatest, the smartest idea to do that. You know, he's really putting himself at risk, you know? No, I, I don't, I don't disagree. And I respect him for what he's done for the industry and, and speaking to the FDA and, and, um, but to be, I just don't know if I can get on board. And look, I hate flavored cigars. I hate them. Uh, I, I think that they are, I think they're trash. I don't think they're, they're, I don't, they should never be considered premium hand-rolled cigars ever. Uh, it's just not my, my palate. And I, I remember last year at the mild Kentucky Herf, um, JSK uh, came out with the munchies, right? Risty came yeah. out with, with the, yeah, with the yeah. munchies. And they, they were like, oh, you got to try this. You got to try this pe uh, peanut butter one. It's so good. You'll love it. You'll love it, James. Just you got to try it. And I was like, all right, Dwight, let me try the peanut butter one. I, I literally got two puffs in on it. And I'm like, this is terrible. And I sat it down. And I went and bought something else. And I was like, Dwight, no, not, well, not, my, not my bag, baby. I think, you know, when you're looking at, for instance, the acid line, it's still a handmade product. It's not made by machines. 
So even though it is an infused cigar, I think it can still be considered a premium tobacco product. I don't know. That's the Up way until I they feel. added the flavoring. If, yeah. if you want to know, yeah. I, I, I agree. It's made, you know, by hand in the same factory that makes normal cigars or uninfused cigars. But once you add something to a cigar, it takes away what the cigar, in my opinion, represents, which is the leaf, which derives all of its essence from the ground, you know, from the way that it was cured and and fermented and everything that goes into making it. It just takes away from all that. And and again, I agree, James, I don't think that the government should be regulating everything under the sun. And when they start there, where does it end? A lot of people were pissed. A lot of retailers were pissed when they started making the minimum you know, age of smoking 21, you know, nationwide. And a lot of retailers were very vocal about, you know, I can't believe it. And they were really pissed. In my mind, I was saying, you know, there's a lot worse things in the world, but you know what? Maybe they're right. I mean, you talk about Oscar. He had his first cigar at 12 years of age. You go to France and, you know, in France, they're, they're, they're giving, you know, 10 year old kids a, a glass of wine with, with their lunch or, or dinner. Uh, is that bad? I don't think so. You know, no, everything in moderation, you know, when was the last time you were around a six year old or a seven year old or a 10 year old? When was the last time you were, uh, give them some wine, let them go to sleep. I'm joking. Obviously, no right, after right. Me. I'm just fucking joking. Jesus Christ. Uh, but look, we had, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name Banff cigars. Um, yeah. and he said that he had his first cigar when he was younger. Right. Right. It, it's, Ishmael. it's all about it, Ishmael. It's all about culture. Right. And so it makes sense that, the, but here in America, we have this, God, I can't believe we're getting into this, poly, but it, this nanny state mentality where the government's going to take care of us and they're going to tell us what's right and what's good and what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Government should not be the new religion, period. End of story. Should not be the new religion. It is at every turn. It doesn't matter what you give them. They want more, whether it's money whether it's it's taxes, whether it's the Second Amendment, whether it's cigars, whether it's liquor, it doesn't matter. You give them an inch, they take 10 miles. That's just what government does. That's especially what our government does. And it's so bogged down in bureaucracy that it's crazy. The FDA is not elected officials. They, they are appointed to their position by our elected officials, and they shouldn't have as much power as they do. That's my personal opinion. Your opinion, you, you, you know, you, your mileage may vary on that opinion, uh, but uh, the bureaucracy needs to go, and, and I, they're not going to stop coming after us. And now the the war, you know, talking to to, uh, you know, I say his name way too much on this show, but Randy uh, today. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting I'm gonna get a bleep sensor every time you yeah, say every Randy. Time you say Randy, bleep. just bleep it out. Yeah. Uh, but I was talking with him today and now I lost my train of thought, Tim, because you, you interrupted me. That's what I do. What, I derail yeah, things. You did. You derailed that. Um, what was I, what was I saying? Anybody Bueller? Uh, you well, talked we to wanted, we wanted to stop talking about politics. That's what we wanted to do. That's exactly what we want to do. Let's just move on. I think I've made my point. I, well, I, I just want I want to say one last thing on it and then we can move on to whatever oh. anybody wants to move on. I'm just <laughs> saying it just always blows my mind that you can be 17 years old with parents consent to join the military, but yet now you have to wait till you're 21 to have a cigar or a cigarette or a beer. That, that just always blows my mind. 
again, it's just, it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural thing. And we, this is the culture that we have here in America. Uh, but if you go across the border to Canada, I think it's still 18. Sure. I never been there. I'm not Canadian. I don't know. Not that much into maple syrup. Maple syrup. Okay. So what was, I, I want to know out of all the crazy shit that was said on the episode, because there was a lot of crazy shit that just made me almost spit my coffee or my water out <laughs> while I was listening to the episode. What's one of the favorite comes lies? out of his hole and smells vagina. <laughs> Number smells one. for vagina. I want that yeah. on a fucking t-shirt. I, let me tell you something for a cigar show to mention vagina as much as Oscar mentioned it. <laughs> I, I think that it's gotta be a record. It's gotta be a record. <laughs> oh my God. From his dad and his 62 kids to like the Beatles fornicate. That, like, that shocked me. I gotta, I've known him. Like I said, a decade I knew his dad had a bunch of kids and he had a big family, but 62 kids married none of the women and he had 10 different wives or yeah, the, what did he say? Farm. He said 10 yeah. old ladies, 10 old but, ladies. Yeah. And 10, 10 old ladies. If I called my wife, my old lady, she would hit me closed fist. <laughs> well, the, the funniest thing about Oscar for people that haven't met him is when you hear, oh, he's a medical doctor and you're expecting, oh, he's, you know, when you think of doctor, you think somebody a bit more polished in their vernacular, Uptight. you know, Uptight. and and he <laughs> is about as street as you can be with an MD. I don't know anybody that's as a doctor. Street that's street as can be he, with an MD. He is. He is. That's that another should, T-shirt for that, you. That should be, that should just be on his practice. <laughs> like at his office door, street as you can be, but I, I got hope that he MD. listens to this show. <laughs> yeah. Oh my he is, God. He is. He was uh, awesome. He, I have to say, we've had a lot of guests, Nick, mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of guests over the years, but he was, I think he's the first one that was really he made me belly laugh in a way that other guys haven't. <laughs> okay. We were able to have conversations about, things that go on in the industry that nobody else can. And I'll go back to, you know, he was, he was really down on, seemed like a, a certain couple of individuals in, in the thing, but, and, and we talked about respect and we talked about, you know, the history of the industry and, and how there's that respect. But I remember, I remember reading, cause again, I've only been in cigars five or six years, but I remember reading how guys like Pete Johnson, John Huber, uh, Matt Booth, broke the mold when it came to blenders and manufacturers that they were the outlaws. They were the rebels. I mean, and and that may just been a curated corporate thing, but I don't think so. I, because those guys just did their thing and they still do it back years ago. I think that was kind of what I thought. These guys were groundbreaking They're Right. But you know, now that I look back on it, I'm starting to wonder if that's just part of the show. It's, I don't think it, I don't think it is. I think, and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know more than I do. But I feel like in the industry, anytime somebody does something new, there's a lot of pushback within the industry. A lot of. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of, damn, I wish I thought of that, you know, going on. And there's a lot of people that, I mean, yeah, Pete Johnson, I knew Pete Johnson in the early days before I even made cigars. And him and I bonded over Cuban cigars. Probably a lot of people don't know that, but Pete loves Cuban cigars and he had been to Cuba. Uh, he paid for going to Cuba to the government. Speaking of government, he got a letter 
And he actually paid them because he was there uh, maybe when he wasn't supposed to, or he didn't say mm. the right things or write down the right things. And he just paid. And I hope he doesn't mind me telling that out of, uh, you know, that's tail out of you know school or whatever. But he, uh, him and I bonded over, over Cuban cigars and I know he loves Cuban cigars. And then his line of cigars, when he uh, met Pippin and had his own line was the exact opposite in my opinion of what a Cuban cigar tastes like, not in his mind, but, you know, when you think of a Tatuaje, it's a much more full-bodied, you know, wow type of cigar where Cuban, in my opinion, it's the exact opposite of a Cuban cigar. But he made a career from his image, you know, his his tattoos and and being a, a rock star guy. And and he's just a cool dude and one of the nicest guys in the industry. And he has definitely paid his dues and he sells a lot of cigars and people clamor and line up and and uh, they'll go anywhere to see him. And he is definitely a uh, big time player in this, in this business. He, he, and and that's just it. Pete. Yeah. And that, and that's kind of my, that's kind of my point is that he is now a personality in the industry, an icon, if you will. Absolutely. He's definitely as, an icon. As is Matt Booth, as is John Huber, as is, you know, all, all of that, that bunch from back in the day that kind of broke the mold. Now here we are some 20 years later and we've got other people who are, breaking the mold. I don't particularly care for their brand of marketing. I don't particularly care for their uh, tactics or what they say on social media or how they behave themselves. That's not my style. And it kind of, it's a turnoff for me. And I've said this before on the show. So this is, this is not new territory, uh, but they have a following and it's almost like a cult following. You could say, and what they're doing is turning heads and it's making people in the industry take notice whether they want to or not. And I think, like you said, there's a little bit of, man, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I do that? Like these cigars have been sitting around forever. Why couldn't I have just remarketed them or whatever? But it takes somebody young and new, fresh blood to come in and do that. And maybe in 20 years, they'll be sitting here going, man who are these new kids coming in and doing this? Like, you know, it's just a, for me, it's a generational thing, you know, and you're going to have this every 10, 15, 20 years where you've got new guys coming in. And I, like I said, I don't care for it. It's not my, it's not my style of marketing. Uh, does the PCA and the FDA have a point when they're like, well, this markets to kids. I, for me, kids aren't, kids aren't <laughs> to paying attention to premium cigar marketing, right? They're not. So you could label it whatever you want. You can have ice cream flavors and Sesame Street characters and whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't fucking matter because it's not geared towards kids and it's not it's not trying to get kids to look at it. Uh, it feeds on the nostalgia thing, which Hollywood's been playing up for. Yeah, the problem, though, James, is people that are not in the industry have no idea about cigars and you show them, you know, a Sesame Street character on a band. Where, where's their mind going to go? Well, that goes back to the FDA shouldn't be doing their job, right? Because they don't know what they should be looking at. And I think what they did in this last fucking whatever report they put out uh, a few months back is where are cigars sold? Are they sold where kids can see them? If it's in a shop, if it's in a lounge, no, kids can't see it, right? But if that cigar is in a supermarket or a gas station, Kids are absolutely seeing it and those cigars shouldn't be there. So I think we have to take care. And I don't, I, and again, I, I am not for any type of censorship, whether it's, it's government censorship or uh, industry censorship. 
uh, I, but we need to take care of where our products are sold. And I think if we took more care of that, this wouldn't be nearly as big of an issue. Doesn't matter what, if it's flavored or whatever, if they're not being sold where kids can see them, there's not an issue. Period. So I remember not too long ago that uh, there were, I don't know if it was, there were a few brands and I'm sure they're all distributed by the same company. I don't remember, but they were starting to sell two packs, three packs and five packs in gas stations. And I thought that was kind of silly. And I, I, I just noticed when you were saying that I haven't seen that for a while but that also makes me think, why would I go to a convenience store to buy a premium cigar? You don't. You go to a convenience store, speaking from uh, firsthand knowledge, as I was once uh, a young adult. Uh, you go to a convenience store to get a wrapper for a blunt, to roll a blunt. That's what you go to a convenience store for. So if you want a little flavoring in that blunt, you're going to go and you're going to pick up an acid. You're going to pick up a, a whatever, a Swisher Sweet. You're going to pick up whatever. That's what those are for. That's why they're in the gas stations. The only exception to that rule where I think it makes sense to have cigars somewhere on property and people are probably going to give me a, a, is a truck stop. Yeah, actually I could see that. That makes sense to me because as a truck stop, you know, over the road truckers, long haul truckers come in, you know, maybe their travel humidors out. They're on the road a little bit longer than they thought they were going to be. They can't necessarily take the the semi uh, with a full trailer to a lounge. There's usually not a lot of parking, uh, and there's certainly no parking for a truck. I mean, truck stop makes sense, but you have that in the back with the liquor or whatever, and the kids can't see it. I think that, for me, is the only exception. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I actually have seen some pretty decent humidors in truck stops, which I thought was pretty impressive. Of course, it's all the uh, typical everyday big brand stuff, you know, you're not going to find anything super unique or anything like that. But I but. wonder, I wonder what Dr. Rodriguez would think of that because he's, he's such an interesting cat and he's mm -hmm. got, he's got uh, opinions on everything. And he's not afraid to share them, uh, which I find refreshing because there's a lot of folks that, that we have on. And I think Nick would agree that they don't want to talk about certain things or they don't really open up and they just kind of toe that line to, you know, this is what I'm supposed to say. So I'm going to say it. And I kind of wish we're all adults. This is an adult right. hobby. And I think Dr. Rodriguez treats us as, as, as such, which is why he doesn't mind saying, you know, come out of the hole and he's smelling for vagina. You know, <laughs> I don't, I, I think that's why he does it because we're adults. So we should be able to have those adult conversations and find the humor in it, but also find the information and the education in it. Uh, and I feel like there's not enough of adults having conversations like Dr. Rodriguez has in, in the uh, industry. Would you agree, Dick? I would. Uh, I think I, I knew he was going to be an interesting interview and I was excited to get him on because he was going to rock a lot of people's world with what he says. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it up close and personal. He doesn't care who he's talking to. You talk about icons in the industry. I could tell you stories where he's walked up while well, leave the name of the people out where he's walked up to people that have big brands that have put millions of dollars in. And they'll, they'll go, oh, you're in the cigar business? And they kind of look down at Oscar like, oh, hey, we don't know who you are. And he's like, yeah, I'm in the cigar business. Well, who does your marketing? I do. Well, who does your social media? Well, I do. Well, who does your, I, well, wait a minute. You do everything? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. He's like, well, how can you be successful? 
And he's come back and say, oh, you mean successful like you? You know, and this is to a pretty <laughs> decent brand. And the guy is like, well, I don't know how to take that. He's like, take it the way you want to take it. You know, it's like all the stuff you do and the millions you've sunk in. And how much further along are you than I am? You know, in some case, probably not even at Oscars level. So, and he's not afraid to say it to anybody. Now, again, the word is respect. And he does show respect to people that he thinks are worthy of his respect, but he also wants to be respected. And I think that goes down to general human nature and the way people are raised today. You need to show respect to your elders and show respect to your fellow man and you will get respect back. But a lot of times, I mean, Oscar was saying certain guys wouldn't even get up to shake his hand. And that's a big pet peeve for him. We were having a conversation about this and he's right, you know, but it's how you're raised. That goes back to how you're raised, you know, like, you know, you're going to shake hands. You stand up and shake somebody's hand. You don't do it from a chair. But some people feel like, you know, they have this come kiss the ring mentality. And I, I I will never be that way, no matter how big I ever get, if I ever get, uh, or as small as I am. You know, the, the key is to respect one another. And as long as you have that and don't look down, because the one thing I learned early on in life is don't discount anybody. Because the guy you think, oh, this guy is a shithead, he'll never make it. Next thing you know, he may be the market leader and you'll be like, holy shit. So treat everybody with respect, whether it's in this industry or any other industry, because you just never know when that person may just leap right above you. So keep that in mind. You know, when you when you talk about respect, Nick, I close my eyes and I feel like I'm watching some kind of because you've got that little bit of that Jersey accent. It's almost it's almost like I'm I'm listening to some mafioso. You got to show respect basic humanity you don't know who you're talking to you might get whacked (laughs) it's not the first time somebody has uh, (laughs) called me that but okay (laughs) i mean i think it is important i mean everybody grows up differently right so some like i'm not a handshaker i'd rather do a fist bump or just be like yeah hey um you know but that's me i know other people like to shake hands but the same thing is, you know, treating people well, you know, the way that you theoretically want to be treated. And then you're as good as your word, you know, yeah. and, and, and Dr. Rodriguez said, you know, when he starts to get to know somebody, he starts to see through the holes, through the screen and realize that you may not be the person that you're portraying. And once, once that's spotted, you're pretty much done in my opinion. Okay. He, he did. He, and he said, you know, it's all about a handshake or your word. And that is very old school industry thinking. A lot of people still do that. Am I right, Nick? Like in the industry, you make a deal with somebody, it's always a handshake. And like, this is my word. And then like the details come later. Right. Well, unfortunately I see, and again, not speaking just in this industry, but as society as a whole, we're really going another direction. I think, you know, what Oscar, yeah, he's more old school in his thinking. And and I have to say, I'm more in line with his thinking where I do believe your word is your bond. If you say something, you need to follow through. And, and I, and it drives me crazy. The amount of people that I know just in my life, that'll say something. And maybe when they say it, they'd have every intent to, to follow through, but never do. And I just, I just don't believe in that. If I'm going to say, I'm going to do something, I will make every effort to stand by what I said, because at the end of the day, that's what people are going to remember you by, not by 
how good your cigar was, in my opinion, or 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 what you've accomplished financially or or socially, you know, on the ladder you happen to get. It comes down to your word. Why somebody will still think you're an asshole if you're a billionaire? And I I can say that I've had the privilege of meeting a number of billionaires in my life, and there's all different kinds. There's some really really nice billionaires, and there's some asshole billionaires. And, and the same thing can go with a guy that's you know has nothing to his name. He could be a genuinely superb human being and just, you know, hasn't had the fortune in life to make it, but doesn't make him a, a bad human being. And then you got the same guy that has nothing, you know, not a pot to piss in or whatever you want to call it. And it could be an asshole. So you got to judge people for who they are. And to me, that is the way of doing it. That's how you gauge a person. The other thing that Oscar and I always talk about is my biggest thing that I've always tried to hone my skill as a person uh, is to really bullshit detector. Now, when I talk to somebody, I size them up pretty quickly. And I have to say that I've honed my skill over the years. And I think everybody has this ability is you just have to really read a person and you can say, you know what? And I, and, I, and I'm like that. Sometimes I'll meet somebody and I'll like, yeah, I don't like that guy. I don't know why I won't say that. But in the back of my head, it's like something about him just doesn't rub me the wrong way. And it just doesn't rub me the right way. And then in time, I'll either find out I'm right or I won't be friends with that person or or choose to have that person interact with me in any way. And I've kind of done all right doing that. And I like doing that. And I think most people should do that. And if there's people that just you don't want in your life, don't surround yourself with you know negativity or, or the wrong people. And if there's one piece of advice that I could give the younger folks in the world, uh, including my son, everything else is, you know, use your judgment, but keep it to yourself until you can back it up with fact. And and the other thing is don't take somebody else's word. You know, like somebody will go, oh, that guy, he's an asshole. I'll listen to people and I'll go, okay, I'll put that in the back burner. But I make my own opinions about people. And sometimes that person could be right, but a lot of times they could be wrong. So you got to make that assessment on your own. Yep. People, people will not remember what you told them and they won't remember what you sold them, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And so if you can make someone feel respected and welcomed, uh, you'll go a long way. I mean, you really will. And I think Dr. Rodriguez has that ability because I didn't know him from Adam. Like you had a relationship with him. You, you know him on a very personal level. I, I didn't know him at all. And for him to come onto the podcast and be as open and as honest and as jovial uh, and as fun-loving as he was is, is a testament to who he is as an individual. And I have not had a chance to smoke GTO yet. I'm hoping uh, that I'll have that chance soon. Um, but I'm hoping that his cigars reflect that because like, he was so fun to have on. Probably the most fun uh, I've had on a podcast in a very long time because he was just, he was just that guy that you want. At, he's great at parties. Hashtag great at parties. Dr. <laughs> Rodriguez would be great. At, like if you get him and Randy in a room at a party, like forget about it. It's over. Like yeah, those two over. will just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So obviously I'm just going to take a, a shot in the dark here. So what you expected from that interview and was what not you what got, I got, you know, <laughs> like, things. I mean, and, and, and no matter how I tried to um, paint the picture to James originally without going into very much detail, I wanted him to be open. I'm going to say, look, he's not what you're going to expect, 
but he'll be a great interview. Didn't I say that? And you did. And, you did. and uh, he's that kind of guy. The first time I met him was the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, he's definitely a different kind of guy, but a breath of fresh air, especially in this industry. You know, we, we've always had recurring guests on the show. Nick is like, was the retur- uh, recurring guest and now he's a host. And I think I want Dr. Rodriguez to be the next recurring guest. I want him to come on, you know, once a quarter, twice a year, whatever he's got time for, come on and just talk shop, talk industry, talk FDA. And even though I don't agree with him on everything, we're adults and we can have that conversation. And that's the great thing about the cigar. We always say that from Kings to street sweepers and everyone in between, it's a great equalizer. You can sit down, have a conversation. It doesn't matter what it's about. And you're going to walk away feeling good. There's not, it's impossible for me to get angry at somebody smoking a cigar for the most part. Like you've really got to get under my skin. <laughs> like, like sitting five feet away from you, uh, smoking a infused cigar. That's yeah, happened a that, few times. Get that potpourri shit out of my face. <laughs> I, I have a real problem with that. My friends, not so much. If I'm in a cigar shop, lounge, wherever, and somebody lights up an infused, they could be, you know, 2000 feet away. I'm like, I got to go like, what's the matter? We just got here. I I can't, I cannot enjoy my cigar. If I'm smelling this in the background, Oh, come on. You can barely smell. I can smell it. I can smell it. it, And it just totally fucks up my cigar experience. And I cannot enjoy a cigar. cigarette. Oh, Oh, that drives me nuts. It's such a different, and people who don't smoke, don't understand the difference in smell because they're not around it enough. They're just like, I smelled like smoke. (laughs) But if you're in a cigar lounge and you're smoking a cigarette, Go outside and smoke your fucking cigarette. Like, cause it's, it, it ruins the vibe for everyone else as much as if not more than an infused cigar. There's a lot of cigar shops that uh, allow and don't say anything to cigarette smokers. And that's a personal pet peeve of mine. I can tell you for people that don't know me, um, I was involved in a couple cigar lounges that had the name of my cigar, La Vida Havana. And we had a policy that we did not allow cigarette smoking. Now, you have to understand the people that frequented our shops were uh, princes, sheiks, uh, people that don't ever like to be told no. So the way we would do it is if they would open up and light a cigarette and they didn't think that they were doing anything wrong, we would have our guy come over with a selection of little cigarillos and say, we would like for you to be our guest and to have a selection of one of these. So we're not telling them don't smoke that cigarette. We're telling them, please smoke one of these at our, you know, as our guests, we wouldn't charge them for it just to get them to put out the cigarette. They would How get many the message. Time, did, did they get the message like every time? Yes. Yes. Well, we kind of forced the issue, you know, so, in uh, a lot of ways, you know, because I don't know if anybody in the U S would get that message. Everyone in the U S is so entitled, right? It, again, it's a yeah. different, it's a, it, it's a difference in culture where, we would we would like you to smoke one of these on the house, right? Like, and, and, and people would just be like, "At ah, no," and well, then we would have cigarette. to say, "Well, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, we we must insist." <laughs> you know, you get to that <laughs> point. No, no, the no, then they'll get, oh, no, no, then they'll get, then they'll get the message. Yeah, no, no, no. You you need to smoke one of these. Oh, okay. We try to do it the diplomatic way first, and right. if that doesn't work, you know, we have to insist. Yeah, it's funny, you know, um, 
Randy. Anytime somebody smokes uh, <laughs> in, in, again with the Randy, <clears throat> but the you guy's have a sign that bl- yeah. blinks on the on the screen. <laughs> on the I'm screen, gonna, I'm going to do what I did in episode word. number drink, one and be like, drink your drink every time. LA every time you see, yeah, you see the word Randy. Have a drink from your have favorite libation. Yeah, oh, geez, you die. Don't do that. You'd die. Uh, but every time somebody smokes a, 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 a an infused cigar in the lounge in Davenport that he and I go to all the time, he's like, oh, oh, who's smoking that potpourri shit? Like, he just calls them on it right away. And it's like, well, where else do you want them to go? They sell it in there. They obviously want you to smoke it in here. Like, it, 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 it's kind of a fine line to walk as a, a as a lounge owner, isn't it? Like... I sell the stuff because it sells and it makes me money, mm-hmm. but everyone else is going to hate it. So I, I don't know what the answer is there because a lot of people have limited space. And you can't just be like, hey, why don't you go over to the other lounge and smoke that shit? Because I don't want to I, mean, I, I haven't seen it happen too many times. So I think most people, they're going to come in, they're going to get their potpourri cigars, sticks, whatever you want to call them, and they're just going to leave. It's. I haven't seen it too often where no oh, it happens in. more yeah. than you think. More than you think. Almost every time really? I'm in the shop. Yeah. 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 Wow. And it's just. It, and it's such a. Because it 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 ruins what you're trying to taste. Mm-hmm. Because it gets in your nostrils, it gets in your nose, and you're smelling that, and then you can taste it, and it just ruins the taste of the cigar you're smoking. And you know there'll be ten other guys in there smoking. Regular cigars, but that one guy smoking that infused cigar, and it's just, it's over for everybody. And, and, and it will just- ruin your complete experience. I remember I gave a friend one of my cigars. It was one of the new blends I wanted him to try. And it just so happened at the exact same time, somebody there lit up a strawberry flavored cigar. <laughs> and he's, and he's smoking know, the so- cigar and he's looking at it and he's going, what the hell did you give me? I go, what? He's like, what the? What is this strawberry? Um, what? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't confuse things there, buddy. And then I said, put the cigar down and take a whiff. And they're like, oh, my God, thank God. You know, it's like, you know, but it, it will screw you up. Yeah, absolutely. So especially when yeah, you're I trying mean, a new stick. And I think a lot of people get confused when, uh, you know, because he told us that, you know, reviewers are. He's trying to put reviewers. Dr. Rodriguez was out of business. Um, But, you know there are different flavors that you can pick up in a cigar that aren't are, are more than just smoke wood and, and uh, leather. Right. And, and in Nick's cigar in the, I remember distinctly because it's the first and only time I've ever picked it up uh, in the Claro, I picked up maple syrup and I thought, what the fuck is going on? Like why am it was just this strong, more than a hint of, of maple syrup. But that's a different, it's different than an infused because an infused is, it's chemical and it's not natural and it has that. That was tobacco from Canada. (laughs) Canadian tobacco. (laughs) Maple syrup tobacco. And and so it it was, it, it, it's just a different thing. So when, when reviewers are trying to, uh, uh, you know, put on paper the experience that they're having with the cigar it's a lot different than any experience you're going to have with, with a, with the infused ones, because these are subtle flavors. They're complex, they're nuanced, they're hints of this and, and pinches of that. And we're trying to express that to people in order to try to get them to go out and try this cigar. Cause if we enjoy the cigar as a reviewer, <clears throat> excuse me, we certainly want everyone else to go out and, and, and hopefully have a similar experience. Uh, but it's also, uh, so, um, subjective uh, as what to what other people and experiential 
right? And so everyone's going to have a little bit of uh, different uh, experience smoking cigars. But when you smoke an infused cigar, there is no complexity. There is no nuance. It is just that yeah. one flavor soaked through that cigar. If there was, it's overpowered. There, You know, you yeah. lose everything else. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah, if, if it's if it's just complete chemicals that are creating that flavor profile, it's not going to change over the course of the cigar. No. I mean, change. I know when I yeah. smell it, it smells the same the entire time that it's being smoked. Yeah. So, I, you know, part of me wants to, to side with Dr. Rodriguez and just like get rid of flavored cigars. But I know if we do that, there's nothing else they can go after except the real thing. If there's and any truth going after to the real thing. walking through pastures and cow shit and dog shit and <laughs> stepping on the tobacco and sweeping hilarious. it up. If there's any truth to that, that right yeah. there should be like, nope, I'm not smoking that anymore. Like, let me I, this is a question for you, Nick, because when he said that. That made sense to me because he's on a family farm, right? And it's been in his family for years and years and years. So for them to have such respect for the leaf and do what they do, they bring in a third party to clean it all up and they, they're walking through cow pasture and they're stepping on the loose leaf on the floor where you mentioned them earlier, Drew Estate takes all of that and they make their Papa Fritas and they make other well, cigars. A lot of, with uh, the pretty much every factory does that, to be honest. They're not you know, necessarily really sweeping it, but... There are the shavings, there are the cut parts of, of a premium cigar that are collected at each table, and they're used either in short filler or in these Cuban sandwich type of cigars, you know? So when we're, so what I specifically wanted to ask about was the sanitary con conditions, right? Because you're talking about a family farm versus uh, ostensibly corporate farms, right? On these corporate farms, you don't have that. It's all, it's pretty well regulated and maintained, is that is that act? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no. So they're walking. You, they're walking through cow pastures. Say, yeah. Well, I don't know about cow pastures, but you know, <laughs> you know the 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 shavings that fall off the table. You know, they're really on the floor, and they are picked up off the floor. I mean, they are somewhat uh, filtered afterwards through some types of uh, you know grain uh, screens that try to take out some of the the particles and go back to the just the, the core shavings of tobacco but yeah it's it's not the same level of quality for sure uh i've i've seen cigars you have you cut open one of these shaved cigars or short fill some of them can be really really nasty and some of them could be very good it's just you know the same quality tobacco but just pieces you know and sometimes you can have a really good short filled cigar of good quality and then there's the other side of the coin where it could be a real shitty cigar with everything from hair to uh, you, you name it could be in that cigar. So you want to take a chance smoking that kind of cigar. My best saying that I love to tell people all the time is look, life is too short to smoke a bad cigar. And when I say a bad cigar, I mean a bad cigar to you. I, I may think it's the greatest cigar in the world. If you don't like it, for God's sakes, put it down, smoke something you do like. If you don't like it, don't power through it if you think it's that awful. You know, I tend to try to power through like Oscar does and try to understand what this cigar is all about. But if you don't like it and you're having a bad experience, by all means, have a cigar that's going to give you a good experience because it's all about good experiences. So life's too short to smoke a shitty cigar. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think I, I want everybody, if you enjoyed that interview uh, with Dr. Rodriguez, which I certainly did, 
that's going to be one of the most memorable. And like, you know, we've had Pete Johnson on the show. We've had John Huber on the show. Uh, you know, we've had big names on the show, Nick Melillo. Uh, that, that one's going to stand out for me because it was so much fun and it was so entertaining and it was so informative and educational. And it's not every day that you find a medical doctor who's like, yeah, like smoke a cigar. I'm not telling you to go out and smoke a box like in one sitting. I'm telling you to go smoke a cigar, slow down, relax, get rid of that stress. Um, try GTO cigars. Try them. Uh, find them on the internet. Have them shipped to your house. I know that there are uh, uh, a friend of mine I was talking to today ordered some. Uh, and so he's looking forward to getting those on Friday and trying them because he was got really excited, uh, you know, listening to the, to the interview. And so I, I invite you all to do that. And if you like those cigars, like let's try to get them other places than just in the South and in Florida and on the East coast, like let's get them more in the country. Like tell your, your lounge owners, if you like them, you dig them. Hey, bring this in. Like, let's, let's see if it sells. Let's see what everyone else thinks of this. Cause if you like it, it means other people are going to like it and he's doing very well, but let's, let's get him. Let's get GTO uh, some love in the Midwest and the upper Midwest and in the West. And uh, yeah, cause uh, you know, he's such a, he's such a, a good dude and, and a very interesting cat. Like we need to uh, let's support GTO where we can. Absolutely. And, and the, and the one thing don't forget, this is not his livelihood. You know, he makes a very good living doing what he does as a medical doctor he literally has a gazillion jobs. He works in the Air Force. He's an active member in the Air Force. He he has his practice. And then every spare minute of his life, he's out there selling his cigars like his life depends on it because he really does support his family by being, you know, the face and the spokesperson for his brand. So he does it out of there's no more passion that you could have for something that uh, than he does because it's real, you know, and he does it because he loves the heritage. He loves his family, his history, and he's out there. He doesn't need to be out there selling those cigars. He enjoys it. Don't get me wrong. Like even when he's working on the bases and his air force bases, he's out driving around, he's going to shops, you know, and you know, he's almost like me. I, I, he doesn't really care if you buy cigars or not. He just likes the fact that you sell cigars and that you respect the cigars and the heritage and yeah, great. Buy a, a GTO. And you get to understand more about Oscar uh, as a person and, and as a brand. But yeah, like I think he's a very genuine person. And I think that came across in the interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And while you're telling your B&M owner to, to bring in GTO, have him bring in LH too. Jesus Christ. Right. Like yeah, I said, too. I, don't, I don't understand why LH isn't in every shop in America. I, I really, literally, I think I said that to you the first time you were on the show, Nick. And I still believe that. I don't know why they're not. Well, I would listen. I'm not against it being in every cigar shop, but against, <laughs> I would hope not. I have to say that for me, I want people to carry it, but a cigar to me, especially my cigars are about the heritage. And when I first made, you know, the LH, I used a very, you know, classical looking band and to pay homage to the other bands that were already made that were similar and about all the history. And so I didn't use any so-called gimmicks. Um, and you know what? You do get lost in a humidor. The, the key is you have to have people try my cigar, GTO cigars, you know, because the next, your next favorite cigar may be one you haven't smoked. So you should try different cigars. And a lot of times people will just blow by them. And if the shop is not the type of shop that's going to recommend 
you're going to get lost. It's not going to sell because there is no real marketing campaign behind these cigars. And there's a lot of brands like that. But, you know, it, it takes a unique and a uh, tobacconist that wants to introduce people to different types of cigars. And I think that's very important. And that's why the brick and mortars are so important to a lot of the boutique brands, uh, because it takes a guy saying, hey, guy, I know you like this type of cigar. Try this one. And most of the times they'll say, hey, you know, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Or, hey, maybe not. But at least you tried it and you never know. Let me, I, I want to switch gears. I know Tim's like looking at the clock going, Jesus Christ, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I have to edit this. We can only, we can only hold attention for so long. Right. But I, I want to shift <clears throat> gears real quick because something you said clicked with me, uh, Nick. Uh, and so this is, this is directed towards you, Nick. Uh, at the PCA, the Altitis just announced that they're going to be there. Now, they're going to be there in a smaller booth than what they've normally, you know, historically gone with, but they're back. So the big four is now just the big two, Drew Estate and Davidoff. Now, Drew Estate's going to be there with Hoya de Nicaragua, but they're hawking Hoya. They're not hawking Drew Estate. So Altitis right. is back. So now it's just the big two. Um, the last couple of years that we went, I asked almost everyone that we talked with, uh, the smaller boutique players that, that, that I enjoy. I asked him, I said, you know, how has the big four not being here affected you? And they inevitably said, we get more time with retailers. When the big four were here every year, everyone goes and they hang out at those booths and they smoke those cigars and they talk and they schmooze and they do all this. And we don't, we didn't get nearly as much traffic or as much love as we have these last couple of years, and it's been fantastic. Is that going to change this year? Because you're coming with us uh, to the trade show this year uh, as Simply Stogies, and you're going to be doing interviews with us and for us. Uh, is, do you think that's going to change? Is this a bad thing now that Altitis and, and STG are, are uh, back at the trade show? No, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's going to, they're testing the waters. I think Altitis decided to jump back in because STG jumped back in. It's just what usually happens, the big two. STG got in because they've had this whole division called Forged that's trying to emulate, and they're looking at the business end of things and saying, hey, look, this big boutique thing, whether it's a fad or not, it, I don't think it is anymore. People are really you know, smoke in these boutiques. So why can't we sell boutiques? So they created their division. They put certain cigars in that division and they're treating one of their division as boutique. And that's the division that's going to be there, the forge division. So they're trying to be like boutique, but being the big player and Altitis's response is, okay, we'll be there as well. So I don't know. I mean, Drew Estates, you know, the amount of floor space and brings money, you know, to the, the PCA, uh, but you're right. If you go, you know, to the PCA, you see the amount of people that just, you know, the fanboys and I'm talking the retailers. I mean, there are yeah. unfortunately, you know, non-retailers and that's always been a problem with the PCA, but the retailers, they're just fanboys of certain companies and they will spend all their time, which will give less time to the other brands that are out there. But listen, we all kind of have to work together. There will be the big boys. There'll be the small boys. There'll be everything in between. And you as a retailer have to make your business decision about what you want to carry. Most retailers, from what I've gathered the last few years, not only as an exhibitor, but as a, a media guy, uh, they, you know, they want to bring in one or two, you know, and hopefully have something new in the mix. They'll try to ask what's, what's hot, what's not. 
Um, so they'll try, but different retailers have different uh, ideas about what they want to sell. Certain retailers will only sell the big four or five and then maybe a scattering, but not really put an effort to do the other things. It's almost like the flavor of the week, which is very frustrating for many boutique brands that feel like they're being somewhat used in that regard. But I don't think of it that way. I think, look, at least they're trying it and hopefully they'll get enough response. And then it's again, it's a decision of the retailer to decide whether they want to continue bringing it in or not. You know, I've had um, some experiences that are very frustrating. I had a very big retailer that was a huge um, humidor. And initially when I went in, I go, man, I'm going to get so lost in this humidor. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I wanted to work it to make sure people find it. It only takes a couple of guys to try to get smoke in it. That'll tell other people. And they sold out not once, but twice. And then the owner made a decision not to bring it back. And I'm like, I'm, I'm curious, you sold everything out why? And, you know, his answer was, eh, well, you know, he can make the same dollars on this and this, and this one, he doesn't have to talk about this. People go in and grab it off the shelf. The other one's too much work for certain retailers. And, you know, I respect the retailer's decision and it's not, it happened, not just to me, but a lot of other boutique brands, they'll be brought in with the intent purpose of just being there for a couple of weeks, selling out with no intent, whether it's the hottest thing or not. Uh, to move it back towards somebody else. That's just the, the nature wow. of the beast. And the thing with me is, is that they, these retailers, because we have one that I'm specifically thinking of, they don't want to take the time to, to teach their customers, to inform their customers on these new brands. They would rather just have the customer come in, buy what they want, get out, because it's less time consuming for their employees. And I think that does a disservice because I think if you teach these folks that come in, right. And you show them the new stuff and you tell them why they should smoke it. And then they like it and they come back, they buy it and it sells out. Well, now your job's done. You don't have to keep doing that. You sold out, bring it back in and your customer should come back to it. That, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. It drives me, drives me insane. Yeah, but the yeah. retailers, the retailers that are looking to differentiate themselves and having certain brands that may not be carried by every shop out there, those are the shops that I love to go into because they get behind your brand because it identifies them. It differentiates them. And I've been into shops where, and this is not even a joke where, you know, I'll talk to very nice people, owners of these shops. And they'll tell me like AJ Fernandez this is a few years ago, mind you, but AJ was boutique. And I'm like, what you think AJ's boutique? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then I have no place in your humidor, you know. Uh, and, right. But you know, look at AJ. AJ at one point was very boutique. Now he's, uh, you know, he's a big name in the industry. So Tadawahe was boutique. Yeah. But you right. know, uh, uh, Alec Bradley considered themselves boutique. How many cigars do they have? Uh, it, 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 I find it hilarious that these big companies are doing that because STG bought Alec Bradley. They bought Matt Booth. They bought the the, the Room One Hundred One, um, and then. You know, I was at Safari Cigar last year in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and I wasn't there for any other reason than like I think we took the kid to the to the Omaha Zoo. And the night before, I went to Safari, sat down, had a cigar, and I was talking with the guys, and they had a, a Monte Cristo event, right? And so the Altitus rep was in, and he was like, "Hey, you know, oh, you do this podcast? Why don't you Why don't you try one of our cigars?" I'm like, "Ah, eh, I'm more of a boutique guy." Like I've tried a lot of your stuff, like the legacy brands, and it's not really for my palate. I go, but I appreciate it. Like, no, 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 we're, we're all boutique now. And I'm, 
I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean your boutique? Oh, these are all small batch. I'm like, there's a difference between small batch and boutique, my man. I'm like, you're still getting this tobacco from all your farms that you own, right? That all these farms produce the same stuff that goes into your, into your regular brands. Oh yeah. That's not boutique. That's just, you, you've, you've created a small batch cigar from this corporate kitchen that you have to work with as Rick Rodriguez would put it. Right. That's not, that's not boutique. Boutique is quality over quantity and you're still hustling out all this other stuff. You just made a, a small batch LE rut. You've made an LE. Congratulations. Like that's not, that's not boutique. That's not what boutique means. You guys, and so the corporate guys, I, I really think have no idea. Now the reps, some reps get it. Like I've talked to an Ashton rep out East before and, and he got it. He's like, no, there's a big difference between boutique and corporate guys. 100%. He's like, smoke what you like. He's like, there's some boutique brands that I love. He's like, and they just can't do what we do. And honestly, we can't do what they do. And I think we can both coexist in the same space, but the corporate guys don't get it. And they think they can kind of horn in on, on the boutique space by creating what is essentially LEs and calling them boutique. And that's just not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Uh, and so I find it, I find it kind of laughable and, and for, and I get why forged is there this year at the trade show to bring it back so we can wrap this up. So Tim doesn't get pissed off at me. Um, <laughs> uh, forged is, was only there because Alec Bradley had already purchased the space before Alec Bradley sold to STG. And oh, so what, I didn't even what think were, about that. What were they going to do with the space? Right? Like we already paid for it. And STG's like, well, it already came out of Alec Bradley's budget. So let's just go ahead and use it. But instead of just featuring Alec Bradley, let's bring in everything from Forged and highlight that. Right? So is STG really back? Mm, not really. It's just Forged. So now Altitus looks at that and goes, oh shit. STG's back at the trade show. We should probably do the same thing. Let's do it in a smaller space. We're still there. We're back. It's just corporate bullshit. It doesn't, I, I, I think it's going to have a negative effect on retailers. I, I hope it doesn't. I hope that Nick's right, that it doesn't. But my personal view is, is that people are going to get super excited that they're back and people are crossing their fingers, hoping Davidoff will be back and crossing their fingers, hoping Drew Estate will be back. And I don't think there's any chance of Drew Estate going back. Not this uh, year. No. And I don't think there's any chance of Davidoff going back this year either. Uh, and I don't even think they'll be back next year. I might be wrong. They might be back next year, but I, I think it's going to depend. I was just going to ask if you thought they would be back it when depends the, if the location on if, changes. If Alti it's not changing next year. Next year, it's still at Vegas. Oh, it's oh, just it's at the years. Vegas Convention Center. Okay, now, in gotcha. two years, there's a big rumor out there that it might be somewhere else. And I hope it is. And I hope from what I've heard that that's the location. I don't want to say right now. Right. But I hope that that's the location. Uh, and will they come back for that? Maybe, maybe in 2025, but I'm not holding my breath. And if they do, I don't know how good it would be for the boutique guys, because if it goes back to all of the retailers, just hanging out and getting schmoozed and all of that stuff by these big guys, that's, I, I just don't see that as being good for, for, uh, you know, boutique small companies making great cigars. Well, you said something there. The key word is coexist. And that's the difficult challenge that retailers need to realize that boutique needs to coexist along with the big guys. And if you divvy your time correctly, 
you can get a little bit of all, but you're right. They get sucked up. They stay in the big areas They're You know, they get wined and dined. They have the great parties, which we all go to anyway. Um, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough mix, but I do believe they can coexist. That's I think the they can coexist, but the, it's like you said, Nick, you walk into a big humidor and you, you're afraid your brand's going to get lost. And these retailers only In have particular a, retailers. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And they have finite space. And so uh, that's a whole different discussion that I don't want to get into, but how do retailers choose it? Uh, and hopefully uh, I hope uh, we'll have uh, somebody on soon uh, that owns a retail space. Uh, a yeah, pretty uh, well-known one. I was just going to say, Oh uh, yeah. And um, uh, we'll, uh, well, we can pick his brain a little bit. He's been on the show before. Okay. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to work it out. Uh, he's, he's amenable to it. I talked to him when I was, uh, I'll give you a hint. I was in Chicago, uh, and I, I spoke with him, uh, at length and he is, uh, definitely wants to come back on the show. So, um, and, uh, you know, he, he carries LH. So. Well, it can't be all bad then. <laughs> <laughs> but where, where is the placement of the product? It is hot. It is right there. As you come in, I think it's in one of the first, if not the first, uh, humidor. Cause like, so the space is challenging if that helps anybody out. Uh, cause you're either looking up or you're looking down. And that's the last hint I'm going to give of what, what, who I'm talking about. But, uh, it's <laughs> oh, in one of the very hint. first one. Right. And he, you, it's right there. You can't miss it. Cause I was like, oh shit, you have that. They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I smoked an LH uh, Claro Churchill for my first cigar. After a uh, long morning uh, at the Hogwarts uh, freaking Harry Potter experience uh, in Chicago, and then uh, freaking yeah, you're losing girl. us again. You're cutting but dude, out, dude. It was there, the buddy. American. It was the American <laughs> girl. Uh, terrible. It was a long morning, and kids. You know, oh, have you ever taken a, a six year old? To a doll store, Tim, like a like a giant doll store. I mean, like no. it's, it's, it's as if big. If I took like, a six year old to a doll store, Chris Hansen would pop out around the corner. <laughs> there, there's just, absolutely no reason for that, it's, dude. You are in this uh, this American girl. It's literally as big as an old style department store, like a Sears or a Montgomery Ward. For all of you old farts out there, like me, like I used to work at Montgomery Ward, so it, it's as big as that. But it's dolls and doll accoutrement. And just as far as the eye can see, and then there's an upstairs and they have a cafeteria, like they have a restaurant in there where they brought out the birthday cake for my kid and all the stuff that she can take home. And there's tons of little kids in there screaming and yelling and, oh my God, just thinking about it. FAO Schwartz. Kind of like that. Oh God, dude. But that's a cool experience, especially if you have kids. Yeah, no, it was fun until it wasn't. And then I looked at my wife and I'm like, I'm going to go up down and smoke a cigar. Oh, tell me when you're done. (laughs) Tell me when you're done. So I literally spent the rest of the afternoon. I think I spent uh, six hours uh, up down on that Saturday and a couple hours a Friday night before. But yeah, it was, man, it's fun. If you got a six-year-old kid, take him to an American girl store, uh, but then just go spend the rest of the day in a lounge. All right. I don't know how much beeping or bleeping I'm going to have to do there at the end because you're thinking you're talking about a store and you're not going to say the name. And then you I end up saying it. the yeah, name. It's up yeah. down. I, no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get Phil back on the show. It's just going to be a scheduling thing. So I'm going to reach yeah. out to him but this week. Phil and, watches this show. Who knows? I don't know if Phil watches. Hopefully he does. I hope he does, but probably not. Yeah. Nobody watches this show. All right. Well, we Maybe ran way over time. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. 
More I, people I, I, listen than watch. That's for sure. Go watch the show. It's on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, Rumble, watch the show. If you haven't already listened to episode 101 of Simply Stogies, I don't know why you're here, uh, but go and listen to it. If you've listened to it once, listen to it again. It was a great episode. Really enjoyed it. Look forward to many more. Uh, Nick, thank you so much again for coming on. I really do appreciate all your wisdom and all the stories you have. They're amazing. And it also cuts out some of James' time, which is great. <laughs> uh, James, love you, buddy. Why don't you do me a solid and uh, walk us out of here? Everybody, I hate Tim. He can fuck right off. But you guys, stay smoky. Stay smoky.